This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binaries, people of different colors, creeds, religions, thanks for showing up. It's another board game edition of the MFG cast. Yeah, it seems like it's been like a hundred years since we've <laughs> sat next to each other. Well, we've sat next to each other. No, we definitely sit six feet apart, social distancing in our own house, even though we've been living with each other forever. No. We sleep in separate beds. No, this is not <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> anyway, we haven't... Um, sat next to each other to record an episode like this for probably about six weeks yeah, yeah. So. so if you missed us here we are and if you didn't <laughs> suckers, suckers. oh whoa. it's loud wow. no i just meant we both who said suckers at the same time oh i don't care well, if it's loud like in that. their ears yeah they like so us eat that all right so this time we're going to be doing a review of the liberation of Rietberg. Let's talk about, was it Rietberg or was it Reitberg? We had to pull up a couple reviews because we had the debate of whether it was Rietberg or Reitberg. Yep. I thought it was Reitberg. Yep. I thought it was Rietberg. And guess who was right? Bing, Kurt. Bing. Yep, I suck. Burn. It made me think of an episode of The Office where they, for any of you Office fans out there, where they um, became part of another company called Sabre. But a few of the people that worked for Dunder Mifflin created a song that talked about Dunder Mifflin and Sabre. Sabre. And so then they had to change their whole song to do Dunder Mifflin and Sabre, and it didn't work out for them. Nope. So this made me think of it also. Boy, I really digressed on that. <laughs> and you liked it? Please relate, and please talk about it on Twitter. Thanks. Uh, yep. People already turned this off. All right. Well, oh, sorry. Guess we'll have to do it by ourselves. We're back. It's been six weeks. That's right. But before we talk about our review of the... Li- of the, li- yeah. the liberation of... Uh, Reitberg. Reitberg. Oh, oh, I have already forgotten. I feel like you did that on purpose. No, I didn't. I was really, that's why there was such a delay, because I couldn't remember. Nice, very nice. Before that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. You want to go first, or shall I go first? Are we going to just talk about what we played, like, this week? I think so. Okay. Well, we had a game day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Very few of those lately, but yeah, nice to have we've just been. I don't know why. Obviously, we haven't been doing anything and going out and doing things. So, we finally sat down and played games, and we decided to. Did we solely knock? We played games that we really hadn't played yet, except did for we? except for Rap Gods. I played that. 
Oh, yeah. I learned that by myself before I yep. played with you. But guys. games as a whole. So the first game we played was Rap Gods. Rap Gods. By BG Brothers. Yeah. This game is really fun because it's it's the first rap game out there that I've seen myself. And it's basically you're going through the, the life of a, of a rapper and you're trying to get the most, the most... Street cred. Yeah, you're trying to get the most street cred through, you know, living on the streets, your mic skills, your swag. Your, what do they call, are they records? What are they, they well, yeah, reference the, them as Yeah, the else. victory points are your plaques, basically. Your plaques. Yeah, 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 yeah mm-hmm. for selling, selling all your... Gold records, your, platinum, yeah, platinum, platinum. Yeah. yeah, this game is fun because you get to grab a card from an album, depending upon which album you are, and the album is basically kind of a round and you were playing one down, whether it be from an album. Also, you have these, they have these come up cards too, where you can discard three of your cards that are in your hand out of your five cards and get a come ups card, which gives you a little bit more. More of an enhanced card. Yeah, I would more of say. an enhanced card to move up. Because basically, you've got this record on, on your board, and it is basically, it keeps track of your streets and your skills. Like and a track. I don't want to use the word track because you have a track on the board too. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, it's kind of like a track. It is a track. Yeah, to keep those, you know, I kind of think of it as like a resource track kind of. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just kind of move those up and stuff like that so you can get more victory points. You can do that to get, there's little goals that you have set on the side that you do randomly each game except for the one. Your rapper has potential to have end of game goals. Or end of game scoring. Yep. There's tons of stuff going on in this game. I really, 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 really liked it. Yeah, I did too. And it was fun to go through that and play it. And I, the one thing that I really enjoy is the art. The art is just like top notch. The art is top notch. The components are awesome. Yeah, the components are awesome. The gameplay <laughs> is fun. You know, sometimes, sometimes you can kind of get screwed if you don't have enough, like, you know, let's just say there's some where you actually have, there's like a like a, a lock on a chain. And, you know, to get to open up that lock, basically you have to have a certain amount of points on one of those tracks to open it up. And sometimes if you don't maneuver yourself where you can get high enough on that track, you have cards that you can't play. And you have to, mm-hmm. I've had to actually skip a turn, which is rough, but now, you know, it's just... That's just the way it is, you know? That's the streets. That's right. Um, you also, you didn't talk about the beef. So it can be rough, too, because there's cards that are called beef cards, and they can cause you to go backwards. Basically, you're taking dice and you're having, like, a roll-off. So I envision in my head two rappers having, like, a rap battle, rap battle mm-hmm. back and forth, and whoever rolls the higher of the two wins that beef, and they collect beef, and... That's beneficial for you in the game to some of your scoring, and you actually can take things away from people. So they can move back on that track that Kurt was talking about. You can move up. You can take away records from them or plaques from them and take them for yourself and things like that. And so that adds a good element too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's just one of those games that, I was really excited to play, but then as the more we played it, like it, the it's so well rounded and everything is just what I want in a game that I just want to play it a lot. So if you if you're interested, if you're really curious, go to bgbrothers.com, grab the game Rep Gods. Yeah, do it. That's right. 
And then the, the one of the other games that we played was a game that we had bought quite a bit ago and just had it kind of sitting there, and that was Paper Tales by Stronghold Games. This is a game where it's a card game, and you are basically, you have these units out on your board, basically, where you have four quadrants, and you can put them in two in the front, two in the back, and then you also can build buildings if you have enough resources, which are cards that you put on the side. And when we first started playing this, I was kind of confused and, like, wasn't really digging it, but the more and more we kind of played the game, like, I felt like there's a lot of good strategy to it. Like, you're trying... You're basically fighting against each other and there's wars, but there's also other ways to score victory points too to win the game where like every turn or every round, your guys are going through like a career basically, so they're dying off. So you're using more and more characters and stuff like that. But if some of your characters die, sometimes you can use that to get more victory points and then there's also like cool like like other beings and stuff like that that can help you get victory points that way. And I, I was a little, pre- I was more pleasantly surprised by the end. Yeah, I, I liked the fact that you didn't stick with the same people yeah. all the time. Yeah. Because then you had the, uh, the ability to be able to select other ones mm-hmm. because eventually, like you said, they die off. There's, but if there's one that you really liked, there was card potential for other people or other characters that would heal. Um, I think there was one called like a mystic healer and that person would let you keep one of your characters around another round and things like that. But I just think in general, like it was cool. I am anxious to see what the expansion, which we also have, because apparently we buy expansions when we don't play. I think we accidentally bought the expansion before we bought the, the base game. But it'll be interesting to see what the expansion does for it. Yeah. If it just adds more buildings, if it adds more characters, if it adds both, like what it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a simple concept, but it's it's again, it's one of those that we talk about in other games. There's more strategy to it than it seems. Yeah, I would like to play with more people too, because it was the two player variant was interesting. Because I think it said in the book too that um, we shouldn't play a two player variant until we play with more people and we're like, well, we're kind of out of luck because it's just the two of us. Yeah. So well, we did it. In place too. Yeah. So we did it anyway, but yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens when we add the expansion in there too. Last game we played last night was called Wayfinders. And that one I, um, by Pandasaurus games. And that one, I think we, I got you at Christmas. Yeah. Um, was that this past year? Yeah. Yeah, and I had seen a lot of pictures of it, and I think the pictures that people had posted is what drew my attention to it. I honestly didn't even know anything about this game, but I'm attracted to a game sometimes. This sounds like a dating app. Attracted to a game sometimes by the cover or the pictures of the game. And so I thought, well, this seems like a game that um, Kurt and I can get our hands around. That really sounds like a dating app. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, wow. Anyway. Tinder for board games. Yeah, swipe. Is it swipe right? Yeah, I love the way it looks. Swipe right. Ow. (laughs) And we have all these board games now. Yeah. So, awesome game. Basically, it's a five by five grid that can be intermixed, meaning um, it's not always going to be the same. So, there's like... What do you, what would you say? Three by three cards of d- 
different yeah. colors yeah, and tiles. effects, yeah. and they get laid out in a five by five grid on the table. And then there's this cool sideboard where your chewy sprays slide off. This <laughs> is what it looks like. That's what they call it. A hanger. And there's a lot of a different elements. I don't even know how to explain this game. Basically, the goal of the game is to... to travel, a diff- <laughs> travel to different islands, basically. Yeah, travel to different islands, get the right resources to place a landing strip on the island, and then the island provides you a reward, basically. It could provide you with additional resources so you can put, have potential to place another landing strip. It could provide you with additional points based on the color in the box it could it could allow you to use any colored resource when you're landing on that space like there's tons of different things once one person places a landing strip that doesn't mean the island's off limits people can go through it people can place uh, like another person can place on there there's tons of things that you sit and look at i'm not going to get too detailed into it but basically the game ends when you're down to two landing strips, and then you finish playing that piece out, and then you count up your points. Awesome colors to the game. Cool components. There's, like, little airplanes you move around and these landing strips you put out and yeah. nice little grabby bag and yeah. stuff only, like that. The only thing I don't, I didn't like, which we kind of talked about, is that oh. the, the meeples have a little bit of, like, extra plastic on the bottom of them, so they kind of... St- Stand like they're drunk, kind of like to the yeah. side and stuff. Yeah, it's like they printed them off of like a 3D printer, but they, or pulled them off of like, oh, it makes me think of like those plastic strips and then they just pulled them, pulled like, each of the people off. Like a model airplane or a model car or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then it has just that little snippet of little extra plastic. So mm-hmm. we were talking about shaving that part off with like a razor blade or something because that's annoying, but all of the... Like, the planes and the landing strips and the meeples are like a, like a 3D printer plastic almost. Yeah. And then the, the chewy sprees are like a thin, chewy, spree-looking plastic with designs on them. They're pretty cool colors. The only beef we had, I guess, with that was that the purple and the navy blue are really pretty close in color. Yeah. So that'd be hard for somebody playing who's colorblind. Yeah. Plus, I thought that even the... They have the little colored mountains on the yeah. on the islands on the bottom of the thing, and I think that if they just added a letter to show what color it was at inside of it, then it would be a little, a little helpful. That's where I think Rap Gods did a really good job. Yes, like they had the different colors, but they actually had letters uh, behind the colors or whatever to kind of tell you like, oh, this is purple, this is yellow, whatever. Well, and I guess with this one, you'd have what the symbol is on the um, piece. Yeah. To know that the propeller was navy blue and the headphones were purple. Yeah, that's but true. But still, you'd have to remember that. Yep, that's true. So. And uh, just to let you know, I will give anyone a million MFG cast points if you can take anything out of that Wayfinder's description. And it sounds like a dating app. If you get 10 or more, I'll give you a million uh if you MFG if they cast. what if they pull ten things that sound like a dating app out of what we talked about for Wayfinders because you started and there was other things like landing strip oh, oh. I give everybody <laughs> I give everybody an answer uh oh you got a free thing I got you a fr- one free but if you get oh, nine buddies. more I'll give you a yeah you're welcome MFG points not safe for kids that's right apparently sorry all right <laughs> so let's get to the review of oh what are we talking about again here the liberation of Aritberg by Cosmos. 
So, the liberation of Reapbird. Reapbird Castle has been taken over by evil creatures. Without delay, you, the heroes of Andor, apply yourselves to the task of rescuing old King Brando's fortress and protecting its remaining inhabitants. Yeah, so that's pretty much the game. <laughs> Let's talk about the liberation. The liberation of Reapbird. The designer is Gerhard Hecht. And the art is done by Michael Menzel. This game is set in the uh, Andor se series, so if it, this game is set in the Andor series, so or in the Andor world. So if you've ever played the Legends of Andor, this is a game set in that world. Unfortunately, we have not played the Legends of Andor, but a lot of people have really liked that game, and this is just kind of set in this own world. On this, this is kind of set in its own world. Um, it's two to four players, ages ten and up. Plays about... 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. So basically in this game, you are... You have uh, six spots on your little board here. There are... Um, on the bottom of them are some goals that you need to hit. But before you can hit those goals, there are going to be some encounter cards on top of that. And you have to beat these encounters. Usually it's fight, fighting people or grabbing like objects and stuff like that. Yeah, basically what you're doing is, as at the beginning, you're setting a certain amount of cards on each spot on the board that are encounter cards that are um, covering up your task cards. And as you're going, you are trying to move to different spots using the cards that you have in your hand. And you can do certain things like moves, or you can uncover cards because some of them are face down. You have to get them face up to fight them. Um, there's other things that you can do. What are some of the other things you can do in this game? Well... If I take a step back, sure. the way that you, if you talk about cards in your hand, the cards in your hand are based on the person that you select. Oh, yeah, that's right. All, everyone has a certain character. So you get to pick the character that you want, and then they're, they actually have cards assigned to them. So I think every character in this game has three cards that are assigned to them, except I think one of the characters has four. Orphan. Yep. And so then they come with different aspects to them. So I think most of the characters come with just the cards. And then some of them utilize other things like um, willpower points, which use to that you can earn and you use towards fighting different um, types of trolls and things like that on the cards. But then there's other characters that allow for other kind of cool things. So some of them... You have the ability to use books of spells or water spirits that will help you along the way as you're trying to fight to um, accomplish these tasks or objectives. Yeah, very cool. And it's, it's uh, and I don't know, I haven't played Legends of Andor, the original, but I do, I did kind of look at it quickly before we played. And so uh, I don't know if all these characters, but there are some of the characters that are from that game in this game. So I don't know if it adds or subtracts or if it's just the same. But uh, yeah, it's cool. Everybody has their own like way of doing things. You know, like I, I like Chada because she's got her quivers. So like, if you want to fight somebody, like you can. She's got a card where you can turn over these quiver tokens, and it'll give you a certain amount of fight that you can use during the game and stuff like that. I think that's the first one I picked when we first um, started playing this game. Yeah, because they tell they tell you if you're gonna first play the intro game, if you're playing two players, you should play Thorn and Chada. So I played Thorn, you played Chada. Uh, Thorn is basically your big sword fighting burly like, dude. Bur yeah, kind of. Yep, that kind of. Yep. Thing. 
but we've but we've added in other games where we've played with Keela and she utilizes a water spirit, which is basically something that, if I remember correctly, follows her along and then she can send it somewhere else and it kind of gives her additional fight along the way. So one side of this water spirit adds times two and then the other side, once you utilize it, you flip it over and it doesn't allow the times two anymore, but it actually allows for a plus two to the fight for each person that's at the same location as you. So if you have a big bad guy at one location that has like a fight of 10 and or or more, yeah, which is like a troll is usually like a big, big baddie. Yeah, but you're only playing like two people or something like that and you don't want to draw your cards back or something like that, the Water Spirit will be beneficial because she can actually add help so that you can use her, you can use your your character card, and then the other person can step in and she can help them too. Um, so she has benefit. I did mention that you might want to use your player's abilities to your benefit because once you use up the cards for the people you have to draw your hand back but there's disadvantages of drawing your hand back because once you draw your hand back you actually have to take a time to rest and then you have cards on the board that you actually have to you have a set number of cards that sit on the board and then you have to flip one over and there's a little story, and then it tells you where more of these encounter cards come out. What numbers each of them lay out, and whether they lay face down or face up. And the encounter cards, if you remember us talking about them, they have they can include bad, bad characters that you have to fight against. They can include objects. Mm-hmm. Or they can... Is that it? That's it. Oh, here, here. I want to give you something else that they include, but they don't include anything else. Yeah. So the objects we hadn't talked about, the objects can help you along the way, or you can save them because there are some tasks or objectives that if you don't use the object cards, then you can collect them, and then you could beat an objective yeah. by not using... or. Yeah, beat a task or objective by not using those object cards. Yeah. But you want to use your cards for your player wisely because otherwise, if you run out of these, what do they call them? I can't remember. What's that? If, the narrator cards? Oh, narrator cards. Yep. Once you deplete the narrator stack, because there's a certain number that they'll let you put in play based on the number of people that you have playing the game, then your game is over if you haven't completed your number of tasks that you're assigned. Yeah. So let's talk about like what you can do on with your cards. So we talked about fighting. So a lot of times at the top of a card, people use a certain amount of fight to fight people. You also have movement. And movement is kind of interesting in this game because most of the time you can only move once. But when you move once, you can move anywhere on the board. So you can go from one to six and go four to five. You can do whatever there. Sometimes you'll have somebody that has a little bit more movement. They'll have like a two. So to utilize the movement there, um, one of the free actions during your turn is to pick up an object. And to pick up an object, it has to be face up on one of the other spots. So having more movement is used for picking up objects, basically. So you could go to two, grab an object, go back to four because you have those two moves, and then eventually fight somebody there. So You could bring someone with you. That's right. Yep, one of the movements actually brings one of the other 
heroes that you're playing with to your spot that you're currently in. Yep. So there's a lot of combinations you can use with movement. So, yeah, a good example of bringing someone to your location would be a, a larger enemy that you need to fight and you need help fighting them. Yeah. So... And they don't. They have a card in their hand that will be a really good fight, but they don't have a good move on that card. The cards are really cool because they have the option of their each card. Depend no matter what character you select is divided into three sections. So you can select what you want to pick from the card. Mm-hmm. So, like the first section could be five fight plus depending on who you're playing plus one quiver or two boots or um, flip over a face down encounter card or the next card could be move an encounter card flip over two encounter cards or two moves plus flip an encounter card so they each have different elements but there's always three choices you can only pick one of those choices on the card but they always have different choices so you want to select and pick wisely because you know, you never know what you're going to run into. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about, like, face down versus face up. So there are points in the game where you have to flip up these cards to do certain things. So, like, your your encounter cards, you have to flip them up to either fight the um, monsters or pick up the objects. Once, most of the time, once all of the object or all the encounter cards are taken off of the spot where you're at, if you're still at that spot, you can turn over a face down task card and see if you can beat it well there are some some people in this game where like let's say there's some some encounter cards that are on top of this task card you can with some some people's regular cards can just flip over a task card so you can see it right away and be like okay do i want to do i want to try to beat all these guys at this location and get to this one and beat it or is it just too hard and maybe we can skip it and we can try to beat the other ones now one of the things that I think I didn't even mention at the beginning is that you have to beat four, you have to um, finish four of the six tasks that are on the board. So you don't have to do all of them, you just have to do four. Is it no matter what the player count is? It Correct. Al- is it always four? It's always four. Okay. I know we've played this as two players and we've played this as three. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know if that if it was still four with a four player. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of different things you can do with the flip face up and the face down. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that task card, you never have to complete it. But if you like it and you know that you're going or you want to be able to do it, your goal is to be able to remove or to try to remove that encounter card so that you can finish that task. And then you set it aside and try to remove or complete the rest of them. Some of the players, too, have an ability to... I know we've done this in some of our play before. Move encounter cards somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you could move it um, somewhere else so that you know if you've met the criteria to to beat that task, that you could do that right away. Yeah, yeah. However, you do have to keep in mind that there are some enemies that, based on the number of encounter cards that are face up, their value increases. Yeah. Or their fight increases also. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, There's you, like quite a few of those, yeah, actually. Yeah, even a, even one of the task card is is like depending upon the strengths of everybody that's face up. That's the strength of the guy on the uh, of the monster on the task card. So yep. it's a lot of different things. So yep. let's kind of talk about some of the tasks that they have. Mm-hmm. So like one of them was like 
this guy has a this guy has twenty hit points. You have to get him by twenty hit points, and it's not it's not a cumulative thing. You have to do it all at one time, or it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. So one of the task cards is to collect three friends, and on the encounter cards are when you flip them over are some trolls that once you defeat them, you actually get to acquire a friend. And on the board are a face-down stack of friends, and your friends allow for some additional help throughout the game. So once you beat a troll, you get to collect a friend card, and a friend could help you with, well, they basically add another card to your hand, so that's a benefit right there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to um, rest and collect a narrator card and flip it over and do all that jazz. So once you collect three friends, then you can complete that task. So that one's a good one. Yeah. Um, If you encounter those, or not encounter them, that was a bad word to use, complete that. Yeah. Yeah, One of the other ones I think was the one we talked about, it's uh, don't use your objects and discard three objects, and that one is, that task is fulfilled. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh, there was one that was really hard, too, and I can't remember what it was. But there's a lot of different cool tasks, and there's different ones. And like just like the encounter cards, there I think there's like an object that swaps out one of the task cards, too. So you can take one of the task cards you didn't use that's in the box, and you can swap it with another mm-hmm. one, which I think is pretty cool. Yep, but they're laid down randomly, so you have no idea what the tasks are yeah. until you flip them over. So there's variety there. Let's talk about the friends a little bit, just because I, I kind of like talking about them. Like one of one of the fa- one of my favorite ones was the friend that uh, uses the quivers. So if you're not using, if you if you don't have Chada, you can get this friend that has they can give their own quivers and help you fight during the game, which I think was pretty cool. I don't remember any of the other friends. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, one that one I think is cool is it's Triest, the Fire Warrior. You can play a gold. Which you get a gold from beating certain certain monsters that go in your trophy gallery. So that's one of the things too. If you beat these monsters, you put them in a trophy gallery and they sit there. So some of them you can use for task. Like I think one of the tasks was like discard ten monsters that you beat. Yep. But some of them have gold and you can use gold for different things. Like so that Triest, you can play one gold and he fights for five, which is cool. And the when he mentions the trophy gallery, there isn't a specific spot to place them. You just we just usually place them face up so we know how many we have based on whether we have a specific task or you know how much gold we have based on whether we utilize a friend and that kind of thing. So yeah, just to see how many people we've beat or how many guys. Mm-hmm. And if you want to lower the difficulty or ratchet up your difficulty too, you also have uh, red monsters that you can mix in with your monsters or you can take them out. Or also, uh, another thing you can do is there's some red spots in the narrator cards. You can decide to use those or not use those or not use those to uh, kind of ratchet up the difficulty or you know keep it a little light. So, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much it. So to win, complete four of the task. To lose, you go through all of your narrator cards, depending on player count. So yeah. yeah. So what do we think about the liberation of Rietberg? Because when we first, when I first told you that we were going to get this game as a review copy, thank you to Cosmos for doing that, you were kind of like, well, this is, just by the look of it, this is just not a game that you were thinking that you'd want to play. Or maybe you wouldn't want to go out yourself and grab. Well, like I said with our the games that we played 
or that we talked about before the review, I'm one that is captured by the cover of a box. And don't judge the book by its cover, Tracy, or a game by its box. I might have swiped left on this one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't like those jokes. So you, we got it in the mail, and I looked at it, and I went, oh, man, you know, I'll play it, and I will give it a chance, and I will use an open mind, but this cover is just not capturing my attention because these aren't typically the kinds of types of art that I really care for. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't really trip my trigger. Yeah. But I thought, I'll just give it a chance because, you know, not every game has to have a beautiful cover. And just because they have a beautiful cover doesn't mean that they're amazing. Yeah. And I am glad I gave it a chance because I really like this game. Nice. Yeah. I like to I, hear that. Yeah, I really like it. I think they did a really good job. I like it more now that we were able to play it with... Well, I like it as a two-player game, but it was really fun to be able to incorporate it with Logan and see what it was like to play as a three-player game also. I would say the only beef I had with it was hard to keep the cards kind of lined up and maybe my OCD kicked in a little bit because the, the board is a little bit bigger than like a vertical version of a eight bigger eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and so you have the task cards that only cover part of the board and then the encounter cards only cover part of the board and so they never stay on straight and it that's the only part that bothers me and that's stupid Mm -hmm. but yeah i think one of the things that cosmos does really good and i think we talked about this kind of with roll for adventure too is that they do a really good job of not making it the same game every time. Like, the task cards you can kind of flip out and stuff like that, but also, like, doing the things with, like, the red cards that make it a little bit harder and taking them out, making me easier and stuff like that, adding the friends. Like, it, it gives a lot of variety, so you're not just playing the same game over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I like the different abilities of the different characters and stuff like that because it makes me kind of think of, like, D&D, where it's, like, the archer uses his ar- uses her arrows and you know and the cram uses his axe you know and it's just it but everybody's got their own thing that helps them out you know like i can't remember but one of the characters has a thing where you can i think it's thorn if it's a face down card you can just get rid of it so like if you don't like like maybe you turned it face up and you didn't like it you turned it face down again you'd be like thorn's just like i i don't want that card because i don't want to have to fight Mm -hmm. him or use him or whatever i I like that everyone's got their own little abilities but it's not too overpowering because now you've used that card so you'd have to shuffle that back into your deck and use a narrator card and then that's out of the game you know what i mean now that stack's going down and i mean so you're not you're not using it, overusing it. Yeah. Either. Yeah. yeah. Didn't I, Logan play that one? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I also feel like it's not too easy and it's not too hard. Like, I, that's something I like about a game, too. You know, where I just, you play a game and you just keep getting whooped on it. And it's just like, ugh, I just would like to win this one, you know? Well, and to be honest with you, like our first game of this, we didn't win. Yeah. But we played with the characters they recommended, and I don't know if we turned around and played again with the characters that they recommended, if our luck would just be different, 
Um, we didn't play with the red, the harder values or anything. If it was just the two characters paired together, or if it was how what tasks we had, or the encounters, or a whole combination. I think we got, what, three tasks done? Mm-hmm. And then we lost? Yeah. Or if we played different for what we know now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I don't think we've lost since. No. But I also, I also think that what you referenced earlier, too, I feel like... I think it was fun at two players, but I think this is a game that... It's weird. I know I don't ever say this, but I feel like this is a game that... So the thing I'm thinking of is that this benefits more with more players, I think. Like, I still think it was fine just playing me and you, but I think the more players, I think it gets it more going. And there's more strategy of like, oh, I'm going to go here. Do you want me to come over there? Do we need to do this now? And it's a little more table talk where I think, you know, playing two players, it's... You know, there's still some table talk between us, but there's not as much, and I think that that's one of the one of the things you need more in this game is a little more table talk on top and a little more co-op because this is a cooperative game. You're going against the dragon basically in this game because the the dragon is basically coming to your town and destroy wants to destroy it, so you have to you know fortify your forces before he destroys your town. Yeah, I'm kind of torn with your statement on um, a three-person or four-person player count versus two. I think it depends. I suppose the more people you have, the more people are doing the resting and doing more narration. But I think you throw more cards in. You do, but that also puts more stuff out on the board, too. I think it got a little bit more like... Where are you going? What am I doing? Where are you? You know, too, when we played that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I thought it played well at both counts. So, I don't know. That I'm, like, I don't know that I totally have an opinion on that. So, now that we've talked about this game in detail, let's do our rating. So, we have our MFG cast rating scale. So, we have the end-all, be-all collection keeper. It's a game you got to play all the time. All day, every day. You've got your fair player It's going to get your fair amount of play but it's not going to be one you do all the time you've got your overlooked it's going to be one that you're probably not going to play all that much but every once in a while you'll play it and then you've got your unfortunate passer it's just not our bag so kurt yo i know you're going to make me go first otherwise <laughs> i'm going to make you go first oh no what would your rating be i think that this is a fair player i think it's I don't think it's going to be one that I want to bring to the table every single second of my life, but I do enjoy it. Cosmos, again, just do, do they just do a really good job of making games that I want to play. And I like fantasy themes, so I was really excited to play this. Unfortunately, I hadn't played the original Legends of Andor, but I kind of like to because it looks like a more drawn-out game and a lot of fun. So I'd like to, based on playing this, I'd like to play more in that world. I like the art. It kind of feels very old-school D&D-ish. I feel like the uh, strategy of everything is very fine-tuned and very good. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I call it a fair player. What about you? I would also call it a fair player, Mm. believe it or not. I don't believe it. Because I would say I don't want to play it while I'm eating and sleeping and showering. That would be hard. As a collection keeper. But I feel like it's a fair player because I, like I said before, I feel like it surprised me and I want to play it more than I thought I would. Very cool. Because I I don't mind the fighting aspect and the different 
abilities that each of the characters have and the different tasks and things that you have to accomplish and lots of ands. But I feel like even if I'm really not into that D&D and old school look, it's okay because I feel like the content is still there. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. So yeah, so you if you're excited if you're so if you're intrigued by it, check out the Liberation of Reedberg by Cosmos Games. Again, thank you to Cosmos for letting us have a review copy of it. So thanks to Cosmos for letting us have a review copy of the Liberation of Reedberg. Um, if you're interested, make sure you go on to their site and order it for yourself. If you're interested in the Andor games in particular, go check those out too. So that's it for this week. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's been a bit, but it's nice to get back on and be able to talk to you guys about some fun games. So until next time, I am Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG cast. And you owe Kurt how many times we referenced <laughs> dating app references. Yeah, got to get at least 10. Yeah. I, I bet you it's probably Ready, set, go. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.